It's time for the Stock Car Show on the Performance Motorsports Network. Powered by the staff at Race Chaser Online. Your motorsports, your way, every day. And now, here's your host, Tom Baker. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Stock Car Show here live from the Race City USA Race Chaser Studios in Mooresville, North Carolina. Our show is always being brought to you by My Computer Career. You can actually become an IT professional in as little as four months with My Computer Careers training. So feel free to get on over to their website at mycomputercareer.edu and you can uh, take their free career evaluation. In the meantime, we kick off a motorsports evening of conversation here. I am joined by Randy Miller over in the tech shed and uh, Cisco Scaramuza also live with us as well via the Race Chaser Skype line. And we have got a whole lot to get through tonight. We've got a couple of uh, voices you're going to hear throughout the show uh, that are part of the Chili Bowl. Zeb Wise, one of the young bucks who is competing in his first Chili Bowl uh, for Clawson Marshall Racing. We're going to hear from Zeb in a little while. We're also going to hear from Cannon McIntosh, a driver from outside of the Tulsa area who uh, is another one of the up-and-coming racers taking on the Chili Bowl. And his story is an interesting one. We're happy to have had a chance uh, to get them to talk to us prior to the start of this Chili Bowl week. So you'll be hearing Jacob Seelman with me on those particular clips. And Jacob is actually on site at the Chili Bowl all week long. So he is not in studio with us here. It's just uh, Cisco and Randy and I with you tonight. We are excited to be doing another show. Weekend's over with. We're now kind of past the holidays, guys. And so I'm going to kind of go around the table here. I want to start the show by asking the following question. Now that we're past the holidays and we're looking forward to the racing season, what is the one event or the one situation that you're most looking forward to following this season? And it can be across any series. What is the most intriguing bullet that you're looking forward to following and or or seeing what happens uh this season and i'll start with cisco uh i think for me tom the situation that i'm most for looking forward to see develop this year is going to be can chevrolet figure out their their woes and their issues that they had from the previous season and see if they can improve enough to where they'll be competitive once again this is something we've seen over and over with whenever manufacturers switch out chassis. I'm curious if Ford is going to have any struggles with the new Mustang. I'm curious to see, does that mean Toyota is going to be in the best position now? And I'm curious to see where Chevrolet's R&D departments, yeah, I've even got the Chevy shirt on, <laughs> apparently. But nonetheless, I'm curious to see what these guys have been able to do in the offseason to be able to make changes. Obviously, we've got new rules package. Will that help Chevrolet? Will that hurt them? Where where are the manufacturers coming into this season, and where do they have to make strides in order to be competitive again? Randy? Yeah, I was actually going to kind of take Cisco's point, point, Cisco's point but I think one of the, the most intriguing things about the whole season is all the changes we've had. 
uh, this silly season has been like just crazy. I mean, and it's still going on even to this day. And I don't think you can even pin- pinpoint it to just NASCAR um, or the Cup Series. I mean, you know, even in the Xfinity Series and in the you know the GOTS Series now. Um, there's all kinds of, of driver changes, you know, and like Cisco said, how is Ford going to do um, with the Mustang? You know, you've got guys like Ryan Newman now going over to Roush. Is, is he going to be able to turn Roush's, you know, fortunes around? Jimmy's got a brand new crew chief this year. How is he going to do with meandering as his crew chief? How is William Byron going to do having, you know, seven-time, you know, crew chief checking out with him? I mean, there's so many intriguing stories this year. It's, it's, it's just crazy you know how how the season's going to play out well since you guys sort of focus this on nascar i'll stay with you and uh, for me i'm actually slightly toward the other manufacturer that's kind of in question i'm going to be intrigued to see how the ford teams deal with the new mustang um, body package for this year because they're kind of going through they're going to go through the same thing with that that Chevy just did in this past year with the uh, with the new Camaro, um, and so I'm I'm really going to be cons- concerned about the Ford teams to start the season to see how this affects uh, how how they do on the racetrack. Now you're not I don't know that you're going to see this so much at Daytona, but I think when we get to Atlanta and the next couple races after that is when that body package is going to be. Uh, you know, in question. So you've got two things, Chevy recovering from their new body style, and you've got Ford now dealing with the new body style. And Cisco, that leaves us with one constant from last year, and that is um, Toyota and the Camry. And we know uh, that Toyota is going to be tough. And oh, by the way, a couple of new drivers in their camp this year. You've got Martin Truex, of course, in the 19 car and Matt DiBenedetto, in the 95, which has now become a much closer subsidiary uh, or satellite team for Joe Gibbs Racing. So we'll follow that line of thinking. Do you feel like Matt Benedetto becomes a contender with that 95 team this year, or do you feel like it's going to take them some time to kind of build that, that team to where it needs to be? I, I think it's still going to take them some time, Tom. I th- this is this is a team that even you know we saw like very small glimpses of what this team could do with the money that they needed, but I I'm not confident to say that this team will overnight become one of the contenders, if not like one of the top contenders going into this season. Do they have that potential? Yes. As you mentioned, they're a lot closer to their TRD uh, corporate teammates, as it were. But I still think it's going to take them some time to, you know, be able to get the best out of this new equipment, basically. Okay. Randy, you got a, you got a thought on that? Yeah. You know, I feel like Matt Benedetto has, has spent, you know, the better part of the last few seasons not having equipment that I know he's capable of driving. I mean, back when he was a Joe Gibbs driver, he was fantastic in what was then, I guess, the Bush series or Nationwide series. Um, so he's in better equipment now than he was before, but I, I still don't think – I mean, obviously – being a satellite team, you're not going to get the best equipment that right. the, that the team has to offer. I mean, those are going to go over the, the four guys, obviously. But um, he's in better equipment than he was. And I think as talented as Matt Benedetto is, he'll be okay. And I, I can see him, you know, cracking off at least some top tens, probably some top fives. 
I can even see him maybe getting a win at you know, one of the restricted play tracks where it's a you know obviously okay. free for all, or even you know he's good at tracks like Bristol, you know, like the shorter tracks like that because you know, he I think he got the you know in the top ten last year when he was you know with with the GoFast team. So I I think he's going to be fine. He he he's not going to be a championship contender by any means, but. Um, he's in a lot better position this year than he was last year. So you're predicting a possible playoff entrance yeah, for the '95 team. I could see him maybe busting out a win. I, well, I don't think it's going to be like a you uh, know. You're in if you win. He's going to you know definitely win a race, but I could see him being in a position to you know not be a part of the big one at Talladega or whatever and come away with a win. I can definitely see that. See, I, I actually agree with you on that. <laughs> I do agree that I think we could see the 95 in victory lane because of the fact they're going to be running JGR cars. They're going to have JGR technical support. And Toyota is putting a, a great deal of push behind that team to to get it to the – uh, you know, the level of, of JGR and give Matt DiBenedetto everything that he needs in order to uh, to get to the front. So I could see that car, not necessarily early in the season, though, again, as you say, on a restrictor plate track, anybody can win at Daytona, for example. Oh, but, I'd love for him to win the Daytona 500. Oh, it, it, would so be, awesome. it certainly would be a great story, right? But, um, but I think I could see him later on at, at some point and in some circumstance actually sneaking a win out and getting into the playoffs. I could see that happening. Um, I also predict that w- getting back to the Ford situation, I would predict a very short uh, if there is any drop off in performance for the Fords, very short. I know how they've been working together to try and kind of get a jump on all of this. You got to remember, too, we have a new package now. And I think that new package is going to compress the uh, the 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 deficit between top of the field and let's say lower middle of the field. I don't want to say bottom of the field. I don't think you're going to see you know premium motorsports be able to win races with this package. But I think it's going to compress that at least temporarily. I mean, judging from what we saw at the All Star race. I think you're going to see some compression of that deficit. So I think that's going to negate some of the issues that the Fords may otherwise have had um, because obviously we're less horsepower here, Cisco. Um, and, and, and I think the racing in the first third or so of the season until these teams really um, start to hone in and really figure out uh, from a practical standpoint what this package is going to do, I think the racing may be a little wild and crazy. Oh, yeah, I agree. I, I, It's obviously speculation because we haven't seen these guys go out since the All-Star right. race. But I very much feel that this package brings NASCAR more into line with the kind of racing we see out of BTCC or DTM, that kind of touring car style to where you have these giant packs on tracks where, you know, these guys are going to be going two and three wide just out of the fact that they're in these huge packs. Right on tracks that we haven't seen two or three wide racing a whole lot. And when we do, it generally doesn't go well. So I think this is going to be a case where these packs are going to be full of 10, 15, maybe even 20 cars at a time. Everybody jostling for position, trying to find the best way to be able to make their way through traffic. Maybe not necessarily the, you know, put down the best lap time you can. Basically put down the best lap time that you're able to do in traffic. Right. I don't know, Randy, if... I don't know if I like the way that we're getting to that, but I do believe that the result, again, at least for a little while, uh, 
Um, you know, because eventually the teams with all of the engineers and resources and, you know, the ones that have their own, um, you know, Hawkeyes and whatever, th those those teams eventually are going to open the gap back up again because they're going to just have access to, to, to the research and development that the lower teams don't. But I think for the first third of the season or so, until that starts to happen, I kind of like the idea that maybe your 10th to 20th place cars could be close enough and running in packs that we could see some of these guys challenging for, you know, top spots for a little while at least. Yeah, it would seem to me that, you know, like you said, in the first, you know, five, ten races of the season, everybody's going to pretty much be almost on a level playing field. I yeah. mean, obviously Toyota already has their notes from last year, and nothing's really changed much about the Toyota side. So, I mean, they're from probably the going to have – From the body standpoint. Except for the – yeah, from the body yeah. standpoint. The rules package is a complete toss-up. Right. But from the body standpoint, they didn't have to spend all winter building new bodies. They just have to work on the cars they already had built, right. you know, yeah. maybe do some tweaking. So they're probably – further ahead a little bit maybe than Ford and, and Chevrolet, but I think Chevrolet is motivated this year to be like, you know what, we last year, we tanked. Like, we are dumpster fire all over the place last year. We need to get better. And if you motivate a, a team, especially as, as powerful as Hendrick, to get better, they're going to get better. And I think when they get better, they're going to be deadly. Well, you know, I agree. I mean, I think and there's a lot going on within Chevy for this year, right? I mean, it's not just the fact that, well, we've had – a, a, a season on the body and we kind of know where we're going with all that. Now we have the new package, but we also have a lot of changes within the Chevy lineup and, and all of that with now you've got the crew chief swap at Hendrick Motorsports. You've got Kurt Busch coming over to Chip Ganassi to replace Jamie McMurray. Um, you've got, uh, you know, RCR continuing. Now you've got uh, Ty Dillon actually shuffling, uh, the the deck and going to welcome to be closer with RCR. We're going to get into some of those specifics right around the turn here and discuss and debate how we think those will work out. We're just getting started on tonight's stock car show presented by mycomputercareer.edu. Training for a better life. We'll be right back. You own a performance car and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your street car on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their cars, including front and rear skid control, and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444. Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. Green light. Hey, girl. School zone. I'm getting hungry. Car changing lanes. You want to meet me for pizza? Stop sign. Intersection clear. Yeah, street. Pizza sounds good. Ball in street? Girl in street! <gasps> it's hard to concentrate on two things at once, like texting and driving. Stop the text. Stop the wrecks. How will you stop texting and driving? Tell us at stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Here's an important message from Rad and this station. Oh, yeah. Boy, you wanna give me a run, huh? 
Hi, this is Bob Sheehan from Blues Traveler for Rad, recording artists against drunk driving. I like to party just as much as the next guy, maybe even more. But the one thing I won't do after I've had a few is get in the car and drive. Don't blow it. Always choose a designated driver. Remember, music lives and so should you. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today, 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years' experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. Hi, I'm Tyler Reddick, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Welcome back to the Stock Car Show, presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsports safety. You can find them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com, and of course, uh, also by mycomputercareer.edu, training for a better life you can become. An IT professional in as little as four months, mycomputercareer.edu. Go check them out. Tom Baker with you along with Randy Miller and Cisco Scaramuza talking motorsports on a Monday. And just kind of looking at NASCAR and looking at some of the changes now that we're past the holidays and we're we're getting closer to race time to, to see what's going on here and what we think about different things. And uh, we talked a lot about the manufacturer changes, the package uh change for nascar a couple of intriguing things kind of within all that going on i'm going to start with kurt bush coming over to chip ganassi racing to take over for jamie mcmurray who now uh actually goes to the fox studios to be an analyst which i think is a great move for jamie i think he'll do very well in that role but our larger question we'll go around the table again is what do we think of Kurt Busch going into the one? What do we expect from the now monster Chevrolet for the 2019 season? Randy, I'll start with you on this one. What, uh, what do you think we get out of Kurt Busch in that organization this year, which looks to be his final year of racing? Well, I, I've said it uh, for the last several weeks, uh, even dating before back to the holidays. I feel like this, this year, um, not only will it benefit Kurt, but it'll also benefit Kyle Larson because having Kyle, having Larson's now what in his fourth year, something fifth, like that? I fifth think. year, I think it's fifth. Of, of being in the Cup Series, and, and he's he's obviously he he's shown that he can be a winner, he can be he can run up front, he can win races, he can make the chase, but I feel like he's missing that mentorship, I guess, um, from having somebody like a Kurt Busch as his teammate because Jamie is not as good as Jamie can be sometimes he's he's spotty like he's good sometimes and then sometimes he's really bad and then sometimes he's really good again whereas a guy <laughs> like Kurt Busch runs up front 
every single week and has shown uh, not only can he win races, but obviously he win championships too. So I feel like those two together, having Kurt there to kind of not really mentor Kyle because Kyle doesn't really need a mentor, but just somebody that he can bounce ideas off of, somebody who's been in the sport for a long time, a veteran guy like Kurt Busch would not only make Kyle better, but Kyle having the youth on his side would help Kurt in the long run too because Kurt maybe doesn't see things the way Kyle Larson sees them because he comes from an older school racing style than Kyle does now. Uh, Cisco, I'll let you go ahead and jump in. I agree with Randy's point. I think it's something to where we saw something similar for Jamie when he when he first came into the sport. You know, he was in a position to learn from a guy like Sterling Marlin, who really gave Jamie a great base for where he had that knowledge going forward. It just was a kind of bad situation where Sterling got hurt and Jamie, you know, wasn't quite able to work with those kind of, I think, same sort of veteran skills that he would have wanted, or at least it didn't last as long, I think, as they wanted. And that's kind of at the point when CGR kind of went downhill for a while. But I see a lot of parallels in in the fact that that Randy's talking about where the veteran comes in and it's just somebody it's like bringing in you know, a, a a veteran quarterback to, you know, work with the rookie, you know, something like that as an uh, illusion of football in a way. You know, you bring in that veteran quarterback who spent time in the league and maybe he's not, you know, the all-star or something like that. Obviously, Kurt Busch has had plenty of success in the Cup Series and, you know, he's been at that top level. And I think that somebody, you know, who can be not only consistent for CGR going into the future but also somebody who can take Kyle Larson and be like, okay, this is how you don't knock down the wall every week, but yeah. you can still, you know, run up the top side, that sort of thing. Well, I'm seeing her and I'm seeing a recurring theme here. And the, what the two of you guys are saying is that the biggest benefit may not in fact just be Kurt's ability to go win races with the one car, but it may be the fact that now he has the chance to come in. And if Kyle will listen to him, he can round Kyle's rough edges off. And basically, you know, what you really need to do with Kyle is get the sprint car mentality out of him. In the, in the, in the sprint car, you you know, you beat up the cushion. You, you're flat out for 20 laps or 40 laps or 50 laps or whatever the distance is. Um, it's not an endurance test. In NASCAR, it's an endurance test. And much like Juan Pablo Montoya never quite worked out because he could never grasp that mentality that you can't, drive you know 500 miles worth of time trial laps and and just you know put the car in bad positions a lot like it, Kyle is kind of that same sort of driver he's he's on the gas he's going to the front I mean I think Kurt can come in and just round the rough edges off I believe Kurt wins at least one race he gets into the playoffs I think he has a chance to go to at least the second round of the playoffs and I also think if, if Kyle will listen to him and let Kurt just kind of, you know, finish molding him a little bit, you could have two CGR teams in the playoffs if the reliability is there, Cisco. And, you know, if that happens, that's an instant shift for CGR for the better, and it plants them perfectly for what we still think, at least, could be Ross Chastain replacing Kurt for 2020. And keep in mind that this is also not just a benefit to Kyle Larson. It's also a benefit to that entire organization yeah. to have somebody, a championship driver of yep. that caliber, to come in and say, hey, 
here's what's broken, here's what you need to fix, albeit, you know, we've seen this in the past, most notably last year with Matt Kenseth coming to the six car, but that was kind of a messy situation where he was driving some <laughs> of the time, not all the time. It was it also just, a lot to fix there. Yeah, there, there's, yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot that was wrong at Roush, and yeah. I don't think Matt was going to be is. able to fix everything. Maybe that's something Newman can do in the future. We'll have to see how that works out this year. But I think it's something to where Kurt's been at that super high level, and it'll allow him to basically come in and say, "Okay, I know what SHR's been doing the last four years. You need to do this, 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 and this." Yeah, and. You know, he'll be able to lend that, you know, lend that guidance to not only just Kyle Larson, but, you know, even going down to kind of the shop level. What do what do the techs need to be doing during the week to make sure they keep the same performance? What do they need to how do how does the team need to carry themselves attitude wise? What do they need to be doing in practice? What you know, what does the you know, what does the day to day need to look like in order to be able to be a championship caliber team. The big thing from my standpoint that I look at is how many times in the last couple seasons has the 42 car, I, I don't know so much about the one car, but the 42 car failed inspection pre-race. Getting the cars, number one, to be the same across the two teams so that the performance is the same across the board, I think is one goal that, that CGR needs to look at. The other thing is, I think just, again, the, the, like you said, Kirk coming in and bringing over some of maybe the, you know, the preparation or the habits from Stuart Haas and, you know, it, kind of adapting them to what CGR is trying to do. I think Kirk can make this team stronger and and, and can be sort of um, that that person that, that gets them up to that next level of a Hendrick. And if he, if he can do that in a year, um, you know, that, that really positions the team perfectly for 2020 and forward. I think Kurt's also motivated big time this year by, you know, the fact that this could be his last year. And I think he feels like he may have a point to prove to some people. So I think Kurt comes out strong this year. And I think him and Kyle, in terms of their natural aggression and their, you know, desire to kind of attack a race and, and, and be up front, it's exactly the same. Kurt just sort of has that he, he's rounded his edges off. He knows how to finish the races and be up front when they're over. And I think Kyle is this close and just needs somebody like Kurt to, to take him the rest of the way. I think that Chip Ganassi racing bears watching in 2019 big time, especially with this package. We'll step aside more of the Stock Car Show presented by My Computer Career and HMS Motorsport com right after this do you love the sound of high revving motors and the smell of burning rubber do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control if you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills summit point motorsports park the mid-atlantic's premier motorsports facility has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skill levels new
new to intermediate to get sideways and smoking. With a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively, Summit Point Motorsports Park's Drift Nirvana is just the thing for you. Call for your reservation today, 304-725-8444. Or for more information, go online, summitpoint-raceway.com, or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com. Drift Nirvana, getting you sideways the right way. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves the majority of Monster Energy NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, Camping World Truck, IndyCar, and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SCCA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America. Featuring world-renowned brands like Schubert Helmets, Schroep Belts, Adidas Suits and Shoes, Lifeline Fire Systems, and even Racecom Radio Kits, HMS has the right product for your type of racing and your budget. Their representatives are experts on only one thing, making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina and Danvers, Massachusetts, the HMS staff is always ready to take the time to help you find the right product for your safety needs. Don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Stop in to HMS Motorsport. Visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com or send them a message on Facebook and tell them the folks from PMN Radio sent you. What an awesome game. What's up with your car? I don't know. It won't start. How are we getting home? Chill. My parents signed me up for the roadside assistance from Lewis Meineke. It was free with my oil change. They'd come and get the car started or get us home and tow the car to the shop. Good to know. With my driving, my parents never know what to expect. When you join the Meineke Car Care Club with a $35 preferred service, you get four free months of roadside assistance, including tire change, battery jump, lockout service, towing, and more. Contact Lewis Meineke, located on Route 1, or call 827-2054. When do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. COPD, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, is a lung disease that robs people of their ability to breathe. As many as 24 million Americans suffer from COPD, also known as chronic bronchitis or emphysema, and half of them don't know they have the disease. If you or someone you love is over 35 and has smoked more than 100 cigarettes in their lifetime, visit driveforcopd.org and take the screener, then take that to your doctor. I'm Jeff Stoltz, and I drive for COPD. Hi, I'm John Holloman, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Now back to the show. Welcome back to the Stock Car Show. We are live in Mooresville, North Carolina, inside the Race Chaser Race City USA studios. Tom Baker, along with Randy Miller and Cisco Scaramuza, talking to you on a Monday night. We're having a good time and enjoying the show as we go here and talking racing with you. Again, a little preseason conversation. NASCAR starting up soon. Uh, we talked last segment about Kurt Busch coming over to replace Jamie McMurray at CGR. Another interesting development along the Chevy side of things Cisco mentioned earlier was uh, the, the crew chief swap at Hendrick Motorsports. You've got Kevin Meandering coming over to uh, climb the pit box for Jimmy Johnson and Chad Knauss after 17 years of working with the seven-time champion. 
is now sliding over to the 24 car to see if he can elevate William Byron to championship status. Uh, so again, I'll throw this out around the table. Who do you think at the end of the season is going to be the better situation? Is it going to be Chad and William, or is it going to be uh, Mr. Meandering and his veteran driver, Jimmy Johnson? I'll start with Cisco. Who ends up better off this year? This is a tough call for me because we've seen, you know, we've seen flashes of brilliance out of Jimmy. Well, we saw it once last year. Um, <laughs> and it uh, all went up in flames yeah. in the last corner at the Roval. Yeah. But I think this is a case where I have to look at the closest analog I can find to this situation, which is Tony Stewart, to where I get the feeling that Jimmy is falling very much into the same situation that Tony did where the cars are going in a situation where I don't think Jimmy's going to have the success that he's used to with the way the package is. That's not, that wasn't his background when he came up. We know Jimmy doesn't do well in lower horsepower cars. Just look at his uh, Xfinity series career as kind of an analog to that. So I get the feeling Jimmy is going to be probably trying to be as consistent as he can, but I think this is a case where I, unless uh, unless it's a road course or it's a restrictor plate track, I don't think Jimmy's going to be able to get the most out of the these cars as he would like, and I get the feeling that William Byron and Chad Canales are going to be in a much better situation because William's driven these kinds of cars. Obviously, he has experience with this kind of package in the Xfinity Series, Indianapolis comes to mind with uh, his experience in the car at that time. I get the feeling that William Byron and Chad Knauss are going to be in a better situation. Wow, that's interesting. Okay, to be fair, uh, I don't think you can compare Jimmy's Bush success to anything in Cup because the quality of the team wasn't there. I think he, he actually probably overachieved slightly, in my opinion, but I understand wh where you were coming from with that. But Randy... Cisco makes an interesting point. You look at the experience with the package. Maybe William Byron under Chad's direction. If Chad can figure out the package, maybe Byron has the edge here. I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is that I guess, you know, when all is said and done, we're going to find out if, if Chad was the reason that Jimmy won seven or if Jimmy was the reason that Jimmy won seven. Um, because now that they're split, you know, uh, who knows which one of the two were the smartest of the two. Um, but when you when you look at Kevin Mandering, I mean, obviously he he comes from uh, Junior Motorsports, being Elliott Sadler's crew chief in the Xfinity series. So obviously he's used to working with the veteran driver. Um, so I, I guess that kind of gives him an advantage because it's not like he's being thrown somebody that you know that's that's new to the series. I mean, he could have been you know William Byron's crew chief, and it would have been a whole I think a whole lot different conversation. But because he's working with Jimmy. And he still has that veteran, you know, the, the crew chief veteran. Uh, Kevin is 37. He's the same age as me. So he's still fairly young in the sport. Um, so, but he comes with a lot of experience. So Chad being somebody who's been with Jimmy for as long as he has and now working with William Byron, it's really going to kind of look at the perspective of how well does William Byron learn? Because obviously, Jim, uh, obviously Chad is super smart. I mean, obviously Jimmy wouldn't have won seven championships if Chad wasn't as smart as he is. Right. So it, it, it's going to be, you know, we're going to be able to look at this and go, okay, is, does William really soak in 
the knowledge that everybody says he does because everybody that you talk to in the garage area says that William is just all about soaking up as much information as he can and trying to learn you know, as quickly as possible and as much as he can. This is his opportunity to prove that he really can learn and really can soak in all that knowledge that, that, that Chad's going to throw at him. And the quicker he learns that knowledge, the faster and better off that he'll be in the long run. So, I mean, it's kind of a toss-up, but I, I, right now I feel like they're going to be equal. You guys bring up some great points. I hadn't really thought about the effect that the package would have on that question because it definitely does change some things. I don't know that we're going to find out if it was Chad or it was Jimmy because of the package. I think the, the fact that now we're, we're dealing with the split in an era when we have a different kind of package and a different kind of racing, I think makes this debate really interesting. And I think you got to look at Jimmy's motivation, number one. My, my, my belief is that you are never going to see a more motivated Jimmy Johnson coming out of the gate than what you see this year because Jimmy's been down for a bit. Jimmy's been a year and a half or so where, you know, he just hasn't been very good. Um, I think Jimmy's going to want to prove that he can come out and still win races and still be, you know, still be relevant in the championship chase. I think also Chad Knauss has a bit of a new lease on life because now he gets to go and have another prodigy in William Byron who is very intelligent, who is very adaptable, and who I think, as long as Chad, you know, doesn't uh, wear him out in the first half of this season, um, you know, it, it, I think you're you're going to see um, a very motivated Chad Canales, and certainly William Byron's going to be eager to, you know, to be a sponge for his, his mentor. So, um, to me, I think both situations are, are interesting, and I think both drivers have an opportunity to win a race and get in the playoffs. I don't know if you can, if you can forecast who's going to be better because of the package, but I think both of them, uh, that is Chad and Jimmy at least, will, will come into the season with a bit of a new, fresh lease on life, so to speak, because, look, it's very frustrating when – as a partnership, you just realize that, you know, it's it's just not clicking anymore. And it had to be hard for both of them to go through this past season, understanding, Cisco, that they actually, I mean, if you look at the results, I mean, we're pretty much the worst of the Hendrick cars in a lot of the races. Um, and even when they weren't the worst, they were second worst to Byron, who was a bone stock rookie and, you know, trying to adapt to the Cup Series. Um, I mean, it, it could not have been easy for either one of them to go through this last year. So to be separated and each have a new opportunity to kind of hit the reset button. Um, this is going to be a lot of fun to watch, in my opinion, to see how quickly Byron picks up under Chad Canales and whether or not Johnson can rebound under Meandering's direction um, and go out there and, and contend for wins. I agree, but I, I do have my reservations, Tom. I'll be honest. And you mentioned, uh, you know, I mentioned earlier about Jimmy's Xfinity career. I don't just look at the time that he spent with uh, with uh, Herzeg Motorsports. I think about the times he went back down with a Hendrick car, whether it was several times at Charlotte or uh, even going Fair. back to the Truck Series yeah. where he ran a couple races. 
he never had success in that. And he was a cup driver coming into the Xfinity yeah. series. So I once again look at that. And I also look at his background of off-road racing. Those vehicles are very high horsepower, low grip. This is very medium horsepower, high grip kind of package that we're going to be dealing with. I, I very much feel like Jimmy is going to be in this Tony Stewart situation. And we saw Tony go through it once uh, when he also had a, uh, a crew chief change and Darian left. And I believe it was, uh, oh, I'm trying, I'm blanking on who came in to crew chief the 14 at the time, but I'm I'm very very concerned with the 48 this year, Tom. I'm I'm not sure. I I want to be I want to be impressed as someone who's you know you know my biases to Jimmy aside has just you know been always a fan of what Jimmy's done for the sport. I I I'm very worried for him this year. I I'm not worried for him. I I, I don't I, I understand why you would say that, and I'm not necessarily saying your logic is flawed. I just I guess I deal more in the mental side of this, and I, and I just feel like Jimmy, Jimmy's going to be as much of a sponge, I think, as William Byron. And I think I don't think we're giving Jimmy enough credit for uh, the ability to adapt. I I think he and Chad really just kind of hit the point where, and that happens sometimes with a relationship like that. You work together, and you you just get to a point where you just realize that. It, it feels like it's working, but it's not working. The results aren't there. You know, maybe you're bumping heads a lot, you know, that kind of thing. I've seen this a lot before in sports. You see it with coaches and quarterbacks and, you know, whatever. Um, I think this could be interesting, and I don't, I don't think the 48 is going to suck this year. I think it may take a little bit for Jimmy and uh, Kevin to, to hit their stride together, but I think both, uh, both teams benefit from this. And we see a different Hendrick Motorsports. I do think that the driver you got to watch out of that stable, and I'm not counting Chase Elliott because he's already he's he's gotten over his hurdle. I think Alex Bowman is the next driver that's going to be uh, come out of that and, and be strong this year. Um, and I and, and I think he's really excited to be uh, to be in the position he's in with this package. I think he likes this package. I think he sees. Uh, the the way to make this package work for him. So I would uh, definitely watch uh, Alex Bowman starting at Daytona because I think this is his year to take that step up. With that, we're going to step aside. We come back with more of the Stock Car Show presented by HMS Motorsport and mycomputercareer.edu. We've got Chili Bowl talk right around the turn. Be right back. Everywhere you go, you hear it, and you see it. It's coming at you through your phone, your tablet, and your computer. It's broadcast from your favorite radio station, TV networks, and cable companies. It's in the stadiums, the arenas, the ballparks. It screams for your attention at the mall. It's interactive on Main Street. It's even coming at you from the gas pump at the nearby convenience store. What is it? It's digital content. It's digital content. It's digital content. Somebody has to create it. Somebody has to manage it. So whether your dream is to write it, design it, create it, call it, produce it, voice it, post it, light it, shoot it, switch it, record it, color correct it, edit it, code it, repurpose it, tweet it, blog it, post it, compress it, upload it, replay it, or make sure it gets to where it's got to go when it's got to get there in the format it's got to be in. You need to attend Carolina School of Broadcasting. The skills you will learn, the experience you will get, and the connections you will make at Carolina School of Broadcasting will open the doors to the career you want in digital content Parents, creation and digital content their management. Call or come by today. Now. Click but CSB, you make sure Radio TV, for any situation they may Parents, face on the road. Your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for 
any need to situation be they may face any on the highway road. emergency. High school drivers that doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. And nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. Will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. Ocular driving, which specializes driving attention on ways to avoid accidents. Swerve to avoid dynamics at highway speed. Skid control. Driving, skid recovery. Driving attention on ways to avoid accidents. Vehicle dynamics and off-road recovery control. And skid recovery. Threshold braking on straight and progressive braking on curves today. Off-road recovery technique. This is stuff drivers in simply doesn't teach. So call BSR today. Responsibly on the highway. Responsibly on the highway. That's the sound of America's only sports car. That's right. It's a Corvette. This is a test. To find out if you know it all when it comes to children. Who cares if there's traffic? Name one of the leading killers of U.S. children aged one to thirteen. With sixty years of Corvettes to protect children in a car crash. At what age and size should a child start using a booster seat? Don't assume you know it all when it comes to car seats for your child. Go to safercar.gov/slash/the-right-seat. I know for safety. sure. Brought HMS to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Camping World Truck, IndyCar, and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless Hi, ICCA, I'm Tyler Deppel, and you're listening to their performance motorsports network. Featuring now world-renowned brands like Schubert Helmets, Schroep Belts, Adidas Suits and Shoes, Welcome back to the Stock Car Show, presented by HMS, HMS has the right product for your type of safety your budget. You can find them They're on the web are experts on only one HMS thing, making your track driving as safe as possible. And also with locations in Morrisville, North Carolina, and Danvers, Massachusetts, the HMS staff is always ready to take the time to help you find the right product for your safety show. This, of course, is the beginning of Chili Motorsports Safety. Stop in to HMS Sports. Visit them and on their website, Zeb HMS Motorsports. On the air, or send them a He's message on Facebook. Qualifying, it's amazing how he can throw his voice Hi, inside the race car and talk to us on the radio. Welcome back, Zeb. We are happy to have you for road safety. Yeah, thank you guys. Guys. Well, we definitely are excited that uh, we can talk to you, know, you of course, thing. for and those who want business. us to enlighten them. Yes, on we've the road, recorded this, but uh, we wanted to make so sure that we got a chance ahead, to uh, get you, you on and talk with you a little friends, bit about the Chili Bowl. Don't let friends I know you're a little under the weather, but uh, you're going to be ready to go on Monday night. Where are you at in your mental preparation going into this year's Chili Bowl? Obviously, as big as stage. Hi, I'm Ben Rhodes, and you're listening to the Performance Motorsports Network, the voice of motorsports. Welcome back. My name is Tom Baker, and um, you know, if you uh, we had a chance before all the Chili Bowl you know, madness they, they actually got started last week. We had a chance to catch up to one of the drivers um, who's going to be participating in the Chili Bowl, race, and we're pretty excited to have him on. It's his first time on the show, Jacob, so we're definitely excited to have him. Yes, we are. 16-year-old Cannon McIntosh. This is a fun story on several levels. Everybody's been talking since the announcement a hometown driver. He's from a suburb just outside of Tulsa, Oklahoma, where the Chili Bowl is held every year. But he's basically grown up coming to the Expo Center. He's run at the Tulsa Shootout in years past. Now that he's finally of age, so to speak, not only is it the biggest midget race in his first Lucas Oil Chili Bowl National special for you. So for the first time, we'll talk a little bit about that and the experience. We appreciate you taking some time out of the 
everybody over there because I know to, uh, already this has been such a valuable and I know how big a moment competing in the Chili Bowl organization. is for you, yeah, not just Lyle as a young driver, a but as a driver Los trying Los to rep for and, all the hometown uh, fans that are coming Tyler, out this week. Um, yeah, it's going to be a pretty cool opportunity to come out here for the Chili Bowl for the first time and actually race in because many times before I always come out and watch it and really enjoy being out there same track I raced the shootout on and pretty special. now being um, first time to race on it I'm really you know, excited to be in hometown and everything good things talk for a little bit about uh, some of your um, memories growing up can, uh, in Tulsa and for watching you, racing at the Expo Center I mean I, I feel like there's not a lot of people who just come in once a year and see it maybe they can't speak to the enthusiasm that kind of electric feeling as much as somebody like you who's been there all your life what does it mean going into the week and finally being able to realize that yeah, I, I think I've watched the Chili Bowl on TV since I was about 10 years old. So, um, you can just feel the it's energy pretty cool to finally be able to race it. I've been there for the last two years to help out. I, I mean, I hope CMR. I can run Saturday just been night. There working, and I think well, last year was the hardest thing I've ever done. Well, but yeah, I mean, going there every year with my dad—it's a really cool um, experience. And just but, watching all the know, drivers, to go there how, a lot of experience, how much work it takes you know, to put in, race against the guys, there and that I've raced just, against my what whole you got to do career, to make so. it to the top in that event. Uh, you know, you've got a lot more experience in my belt now than I would have last year. So, shootout, um, which of we'll course. You talked about winning the Tulsa kind of shootout. The I know how huge a moment bowl. that was here a little over like, a week ago now. And I'm not talking Talk specifically about the feeling about of hoisting the driller and, and shoot. Just to really be the one driver on a big out of the stage entire like event that, that big race completely dominated it your main event. It helps you to I mean, prepare a little bit and has helped you for the pressure and sort of the high-speed craziness all week. Um, of the Chili Bowl? Persley, yeah, I the think Persley it definitely has a little bit because uh, both the stock I mean, and the even at the shootout, just hot uh, laps itself. The 10J guys out of California. So pressuring both yeah. going out on that racetrack. You know, I was, you know I was all the people that are watching you. And the only driver. I mean, every time you get on that racetrack, and you just want to perform and well we, and look good out there. So we went out I think it definitely helped me. I knew a whole lot now when I had a chance. Get the feeling of it and just... And, pressure uh, and everything. Man, I went it's on that so much different from your typical Saturday night race, right? Because, uh, you know, just a uh, frenetic way that everything happens, and there's so many um, cars, and you've got so much going on all the time. It's got to be very I, I different really, I was from, do donuts, from a driver and then from your typical even Power Eye type show. But Yeah, like going into a USAC event, I feel a lot of pressure. I can only imagine the pressure I'm going to feel going into Chili Bowl heat race, qualifier, or any any race at the Chili Bowl. I think it's just going to be very. It's going to be an experience. Holding a driller one day, but so for those who don't know, let's back up a little bit and tell the beginning of your story, Cannon. Talk a little about how you got started in racing. Obviously, the Midget team pretty amazing to have a car family team. Your dad, I know, has been a huge part of it. Talk a little about the journey and what you got started and how you grew up getting to this. Veteran drivers tell me you only get one of those kinds of cars. Maybe half a dozen times in your entire career. It's just that good. And his grandpa, oh, yeah. um, you know, started, and that's kind of where I got the number 08. And, number uh, one, the 10J car. I just kind of grew up watching they, my dad you know, at Fort only, City Raceway. It's only one year in production. Every, right? every weekend. There's only like eight of them out there. So he won I didn't a couple really know championships I've never himself. It had never been a cool seeing his success. Before. And then, so we were just kind of, uh, around, know, we were just I shooting think, for something. Uh, and six years old, he bought me my first junior He got him to Fort City quite a bit. 
The crazy and then, thing uh, is, we won our first. Win. Oh, we won a driller. Ben Ward went out there and won. Hello, in the junior sprint. lapper. Uh, ever in, since then, we ten J two. So he's moving up. Obviously, the pretty sporty cars. And last uh, year we ran. You know, I was happy to drive for him. My dad and uh, Eric Fenton kind of the partnered the Tulsa and, uh, we shootout. The stuff. There's only a very and, uh, select we, we handful of drivers who have ever made all four power of the stock and outlaw Growing up at Port City Raceway is special because of the family ties there. But for somebody who does something like that, as well versed, but maybe goes where. I heard Port City you Raceway go out at, uh, and it, it's got to be kind of history both refreshing you know, and maybe sometimes kind of a little pressure, doesn't um, it, to have grown really. up racing at uh, the same racetrack no, that made Christopher Bell into a superstar. The other day. Yeah, you see so um, many names that, that come out of Port City. Something about you know most crazy to think about. And I've always heard shootout. I've always heard the saying if you can get it done there, you know obviously Chris Andrews at twenty six. I've always kind of used twenty five for Frank Flood. Learn the you know, track and down to the list. Hopefully, you know, I can use it to I my advantage. Out of going 12, through all the racetracks around the I country. I want to know. You like mentioned how many years transitioning out of the junior you know I mean? sprint and kind of that <laughs> Where style of I got racing to 11 and into the years. midget. What has the transition been like over the last was, year or so um, for you as it's, you've it's gotten used to not only the bigger car but the additional horsepower? Yeah, we went from junior sprint to A class and non and all the other drivers. Um, it's. I think the main thing yeah, is just the weight. I'm curious the on that front. Cars, the transition. I know how important Tulsa has been sure. to you growing it's, up in your career. Definitely all there. Is the shootout an event that even as you grow it's, it's nothing deeper the same. in your dirt racing it's career, really cool are we going to see you keep coming back? The power they can put out for just how light they are. The transition has definitely been tough at first, but I think we've definitely gotten the hang of it. We all know. Getting better every weekend. Is the exact now, same time as the Tulsa shootout. As long as I'm not in New Zealand, I'll be at the shootout. But if I'm in New Zealand, then I obviously can't be at the shootout. As long as I'm not out there, then I'm definitely going to be at the shootout. Probably running all four classes. You haven't made that is New Zealand a goal that you want to hit in the next couple of years? I mean, I know Sunshine went down there this year, and it looked like from Twitter that you were really kind of antsy about it. Yeah, you know, I thought we had the opportunity last year. We didn't quite make. I actually did. Um, I, I tried online. I would last love to get on there at some point in my career. For the full year, and uh, I, I just really didn't Western like Springs. Always been a place I wanted to race. No one really um, to, to go out there and I, you know be part of the. I don't have a driver's really license cool. yet, so it just kind of got uh, boring. You know, it's just gonna. <laughs> so I just all told my dad's gonna fall in place. This year, I wanted to go back you know, to school so I can have friends and talk to and everything. I know the obvious goal. I think we we kind of worked something out on Saturday night at the Chili Bowl and putting yourself in position to win the race. How do you go about that? My dad's always on me about grades, and I gotta mentally and car preparation wise, what do you have to do to give yourself a chance to make the dream a reality? Uh, mentally, I just got to stay focused on what Tom, I'm doing. Tom, I'm going to be clear. Um, he may be the first 16-year-old I've ever actually heard focus, say, you know, I want to go back to school. Do usually, well, we, usually these racing kids like to get away from school yeah, and go you know, with their race car. I've, I've what do you do with normal races? In fact, I know they, a couple you, other kids that just did the do your thing out there, you know what I mean? And then, as far as preparation on the car goes, I do nothing on the car. The social aspect is a lot of it, as long as you're keeping the grades up, obviously, you know, uh, Kevin, Cole, Frenchie, all uh, know what they're doing on the race car. Uh, I kind of just let them do the thing. The right I hop in and drive when I need to. But, you know, stay out of wrecks, Cannon, guard, always get for a family team, and you mentioned that your dad stays on you about grades, but I know 
from the racing uh, side of you things, know, you two have found so much enjoyment think, uh, in being able good. to, con- you know, you continue well, know, the family legacy and mentioned the big be able to be so much of a part of a lot of What does it mean going into your first Chili Bowl you to be able to do it with your dad, do it as the family team, and, you know, try to make your mark and your imprint that way? Yeah, that's what's so cool about this whole deal. A lot of people don't know. A lot of people that are my age and... But having really good my, success, they're you know, driving Tim, big teams glasses, and everything. Um, and everybody at CMR died. It's just cool that my dad's Boston, willing to put so much into me, and that Richard we can, and Jennifer, we can, I can do it racing for him. Jason, and how many times Timmy we've gone and watched together? Uh, and everybody now we're going to save lives together, and I'm driving. Uh, she's helped me so much throughout my career. And Cody and, uh, I can't thank all those people. Me, giving me well, we certainly are happy to have really had cool the chance to chat with you as, as we get a kid, things started. I know you probably dreamed about being able to race and, in the Tulsa uh, Expo Center in a midget. Nothing better now that than that to dream be able to talk reality. with you again after Chili Bowl what do you week. Look, do you look back as the and, and I know you would like have anything to say to that little kid that was watching at the fence, kind of wide-eyed, and back? And a successful <laughs> yeah, week uh, at the Chili Bowl, and I mean, look forward, obviously, back, I was that wide eyed too. Like, man, talk with you as the year goes on. Uh, now, I know you got a big, I'm big year in store, and we're expecting and, uh, big things from you. Yeah, it's, yeah it's thank crazy you. Just to think you know, hopefully, I can be back on time, here. Uh, a lot of driller. That would be awfully nice for you, and I know we will enjoy it as well. So, with that, we will send Zebwise on his way, and we will head off on our way to a break. When we come back, more of the Stock Car Show presented by HMS Motorsport and my computer not only a big learning curve, but a very deep pool of competition. What's the goal for Saturday night? Have you set a benchmark for yourself that you'd like to get to as far as the alphabet soup? Yeah, I've kind of talked to my dad and Cody, and I, I just, I said I, I just hope we can be consistent, and not tear anything up. And my main goal on qualifying night is hopefully just get a solid top ten in the feature. And with, I think with a solid top ten, we that should put us in a C or a D feature on a Saturday night. To be racing on Saturday night after opening ceremonies is definitely the main goal because that's really cool. That means you made it pretty far, and. uh I think, I think that's where we want to set for our goal. For those who don't know, if you're racing after opening ceremonies, that means you made it at least to a C main. So I know that's a big deal. Cannon, uh, real quick, we not only want to give you a chance to uh, shout out to your sponsors, but I know, too, the midget experience you've had this past year or so, uh, the pivotal supporter there has been the help that you and your dad have gotten from Toyota. Yeah, I'm, I'm really grateful for you know the kind of opportunity they gave and they've given me, and uh, because uh, we we're kind of at a stopping point when we, when we blew that first one up, and they they pro- they proposed a great opportunity for us, and uh, we we definitely wouldn't have or we we couldn't be here without them and their support with that. I know you've got a very long list of sponsors and a brand new paint scheme on the race car. Give a shout out to the supporters that are making it possible for you to race this chili bowl. Yeah, uh, definitely. Uh, Toyota's number one on that, and I. Uh, I want to thank uh, Sanders and Associates. They they uh, just came on board, and uh, uh, Darling International. They've they've helped me uh, precision inspection, American Discount uh, brake and muffler, Fieldhouse Gear, Big Shirley Productions, Car Fleet. Definitely, Car Fleet's definitely helped me out a lot uh, building this whole car. DNN Fabrication, PJ's Grill, Smith Titanium. That's definitely a few main ones there. 
All right, Kelly, we really appreciate you taking some time to be on with us. And, uh, of course, again, we're pre-taping this prior to Chili Bowl week, so we wish you good luck at the Chili Bowl. We will be watching you. And with that, we step aside more right after this. How to be a great dad in 15 seconds. Bike ride, go fish, walk in the park, phone call, milkshake, play catch, picnic, fly a kite, tell jokes, laugh, talk, read a story, tell a story, bumper car, swing set, bowling, pillow fight, cut loose, stay tight. Because the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today. 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years' experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. You hear that? That's the sound of America's only sports car. That's right. It's a Corvette. But not just any Corvette. It's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes. On Route 1 just north of Quantico and Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. How to deal with someone who says that's so gay. Outsmart them. This party is, like, so gay. Totally. Excuse me, but did you ladies know the word gay used to mean happy or excited? Then it became a word used to describe gay people. Then somehow it came to mean dumb or stupid, which is how you just used it, which is not very nice. Ew, that guy is on the football team and super smart, and he totally hates us now. Totally. When you say that's so gay, do you realize what you say? Knock it off. Learn more at thinkbeforeyouspeak.com. Hi, I'm Cole Custer, and you're listening to the Performance Motorsports Network, the voice of motorsports. Welcome back to the Stock Car Show as we roll right along through our second hour here. Uh, And talking about uh, NASCAR, we just uh, had a chance to talk some Chili Bowl with a couple of the young competitors. And those two subjects, uh, Randy Miller and Cisco Scaramuza, are intersecting this week because we have a couple of NASCAR competitors, actually several that are competing in the Chili Bowl in Tulsa. Uh, Certainly Kyle Larson and Christopher Bell are not only competing, but they are serious threats to win the Chili Bowl. Uh, Chris for, I believe, what, the third time? Mm -hmm. Three Pete. Three three Pete. And uh, Kyle's still looking to get the win And then we've also got uh, Alex Bowman for the first time being able to actually race his own car, having gotten permission from uh, Mr. Hendrick to do so this year and Landon Castle 
making a start as well. You've got uh, what Justin Allgaier, I think, is um, is running, um, and we've got a couple of other drivers uh, sprinkled throughout the field as well, whose names escape me without looking at the entry list. But um, Cisco, this is always a fun week because of the crossover that you see the Chili Bowl format. And the number of cars, just the open wheel guys make it crazy enough. But you sprinkle in some of these NASCAR guys into it. Um, your Stenhouses, your Kane, who is now retired from NASCAR. Uh, you know, some of these guys like that. And it really makes really makes it fun for everybody to uh, tune in and watch. Yes, it does, Tom. It reminds me very much of the same sort of uh, things that we see when it comes to the 24 hours of Daytona yep. or Le Mans but for a more oval or American-based motorsport. So, you know, at Le Mans or the 24 Hours of Daytona, we'll see a lot of guys who spend time in open wheel or are in the formula ladder come to Daytona or Le Mans and race some of the cars out there. I mean, you know, Juan Pablo Montoya, obviously, and uh, even some of the NASCAR guys who came in and ran Daytona in years past. So kind of look, I kind of see kind of similar parallels in that as well and it allows a a more uh a more casual audience to be able to find these events that they may not be able to find because they're not on cable or something like that and allows them to be introduced to more and more forms of motorsport and get into something that they they may very well enjoy and might find more appealing than a product otherwise Randy, when it, when you look at some of these drivers like the Larsons, like the Bells, these guys came from this form of racing over to NASCAR. So what they're doing is basically going back. Alex Bowman's another one who grew up racing these kinds of cars, never quite got to the level in the open wheel world that, you know, that he's reached in NASCAR. But these guys know what they're doing. Ricky Stenhouse, another one that comes to mind. You know, he's a huge open wheel guy, certainly Casey Kane. You got drivers here who are legit threats to cross back over and win. And, you know, you look at the field of over 350, you know, we probably will reach over 360, I would imagine, or have reached close to or above that this year. You look at that field and you say out of all those guys, we've got, you know, a handful or seven or eight NASCAR guys. The fact that a few of them are among the very top favorites to win says something about the quality of driver that grows up in open wheel, but also can uh, hustle a stock car around and win races as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's the chili ball. I mean, what what driver, what dart driver growing up doesn't dream of taking home the golden driller at the end of you right. know, the chili ball week? So. I mean, it's easy to point out the NASCAR guys because obviously when you look at the sheet of everybody who's entered, you know, you, you automatically notice the names like Kyle Larson. Right. And those. But then, the, uh, you know, there are other guys. I've got some personal friends of mine from Texas that are, that are racing in the Chili Bowl who, in, in all honesty, they actually have a pretty decent shot of, you know, at least making, you know, the, the opening ceremonies like Zevin and, uh, and uh, he, they were talking about earlier. But – I mean, you know, with a field of 300 drivers, I mean, we talk about, you know, when we talk about NASCAR and Xfinity and trucks and, you know, a field of 36 to 40 guys and, you know, a, a group of like half of those that can probably win. I mean, we're talking over 300 drivers. I mean, you know, if you think that half of those guys have a shot to win, you're talking about 150 yeah. chances for somebody to take them to go. I mean, it's, it's impossible. And, you know, all that stuff aside, you know, you have to look at, okay, you know, who are you qualifying with? Who are you racing with from night to night? Because that right. obviously, I mean, if you get – 
lucky enough to be in a group of non-NASCAR guys, that even gives you an even better chance of well. You know, getting and the out of their th life. the thing is, is you know whether you qualify early in the week or late matters on a couple of fronts. One, it's it's who ends up on your qualifying night, but the later guys, you know, and Cannon's going to be later in the week, for example. You know, the later guys that qualify get to watch the first, you know, two, three, four days of this and really see what the track's doing and see what everybody else is doing. And there's that's a blessing and a curse. Part of it is you get the advantage of having all that information. The other part of it is that's a curse is you have to sit there and wait and wait and wait and wait um, and, and build up all that tension. Um, so I think there's advantages and disadvantages to both. But when you look at, you know, some of these guys, Chase Briscoe's another one from the NASCAR world who's going over there and running. You know, these guys, it's it's not moonlighting. And I think it says something about the quality of drivers that we get from the Open Wheel Series who come over. And it also says something about the, de the decision-making process as you're growing up, Cisco, because, for example, Zeb Wise is a driver who swears he is not not going to take the NASCAR plunge. He wants to be a, a World of Outlaws champion. That's his goal. And th that was also Christopher Bell's goal. And we see where Christopher Bell is now, Cisco. So the lure of, you know, the opportunity, the money, the, you know, all of that sort of thing. Eventually, Zeb, if he progresses the way we all believe he will, is going to be faced with that same choice, you know, do I, you know, which road do I travel? And, you know, it's a, it, it's a really interesting part of this modern era when the open wheel guys are coming more to stock car racing than they are to IndyCar racing, which is the way it used to be in the 70s and 80s. Well, I think that I think that was definitely something that we saw much more of kind of, you know, a lot of guys going into NASCAR because it was, you know, very much so the king of motorsport when it came to the media in the U.S. today. Yep. But, Tom, I'd I'd ultimately argue that thanks to the rise of streaming and social media that. I don't think that'll necessarily big at, be as big of a storyline in the future because I look at these independent racing scenes and, you know, series like the World of Outlaws, like even IndyCar to an extent, to where these are series that now have a platform that they can go out to broadcast. They have an over-the-top streaming service. They can show these viewers. Yep. And they can go out and reach these audiences and bring in these sponsors so, Tom, I honestly feel that in the future, you know, once Zeb is kind of in that position that you say where he may be able to make that jump to NASCAR, I don't think that's as appealing as it was 10, even five years ago. Because now, thanks to the help of Facebook and all these social media platforms, you don't necessarily need that anymore. I don't know, Randy. I, I know where Cisco's going, and I actually would like to believe he's right, because... I I'm a fan of both sides of racing, but it bothers me to lose all these young open wheel drivers to uh, the, the, the NASCAR track, if you would, um, and, and coming over and doing the, the pavement and asphalt thing. I would love to think that it would get to a point where there was enough money and enough opportunity at the top of the open wheel side again for some of these guys to jump into. 
Yeah, I mean, look at a guy like Casey Kane. I mean, Casey Kane has spent the last, you know, 11, 12 years of his life doing NASCAR racing, yeah. and then he's going back and, and running some some sprint car races again. But then even, you know, you, you guys like him, you know, uh, Ricky Stenhouse, Kyle Larson, these guys are now, now that they've gotten high enough up in the NASCAR world that they're making money, they're taking their money and putting it into sprint car racing Which and building great. teams and starting yep. teams. And now they're, they get to be developmental teams for people that are coming up into the sport. And then those guys get to be in those cars and, you know, get to see what life is like, you know, having the resources of guys like Kyle Larson helping them out. And, and it's going to get them where they want to go in the sport. There are kids coming into the sport that don't want to move past sprint car racing because that's their passion and that's what they love and that's great. But then there are other kids that want to see how far in the racing world they can go. And if the right opportunity and the right money comes along, they, you know, they want to take that opportunity, yeah. but they don't want to go – you know, be, become so, you know, uh, conglomerated with the NASCAR world that they forget where their roots came from. Right. And I, I think it is interesting. Cisco makes a good point, I think, when he says that th there has been a shift with, with the trend towards streaming and the availability of the entire World of Outlaws scheduled to be watched live, um, you know, via over-the-top stuff on, on, on the Internet. Um, you, you've started to see an elevation and more sponsors coming in there. We still got a title sponsor announcement for that series coming, I think, this week, I hope. Um, and it'll be interesting. I have an idea who I think it might be, but we'll see if it turns out to be right. Um, it's it's going to be really interesting to see where this goes, because I'd like to think that there can be some Zeb Wises who do continue on and become World of Outlaws stars, because that form of racing needs that infusion of young talent and who, who are dedicated to building themselves up to offset the veterans like Donnie Schatz, who, while he's a big name and a big-time, you know, multi-time champion now, he ain't going to be racing forever. So uh, we're going to need the young talent to step up and be able to replace him. And with that, we step aside. More of the Stock Car Show presented by HMS Motorsport, the leader in motorsport safety, and mycomputercareer.edu, training for a better life. We shall return. Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance, and a whole lot less, BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speeds, ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control, and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves, and off-road recovery techniques. This is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach so call bsr today 304-725-8444 give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway that's 304-725-8444 you hear that that's the sound of america's only sports car that's right it's a corvette but not just any corvette it's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes on Route 1 just north of Quantico and Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. 
HMS serves the majority of Monster Energy NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, Camping World Truck, IndyCar, and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SCCA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America. Featuring world-renowned brands like Schubert Helmets, Schroep Belts, Adidas Suits and Shoes, Lifeline Fire Systems, and even Racecom Radio Kits, HMS has the right product for your type of racing and your budget. Their representatives are experts on only one thing, making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina and Danvers, Massachusetts, the HMS staff is always ready to take the time to help you find the right product for your safety needs. Don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Stop in to HMS Motorsport. Visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com or send them a message on Facebook and tell them the folks from PMN Radio sent you. Hi, this is John Andrasik of Five for Fighting, here for RAD, the entertainment industry's voice for road safety. You know, style is a personal thing, and your lifestyle is your business. But if you take it on the road, it becomes everybody's business. So please, plan ahead, designate before you celebrate. Friends, don't let friends drive drunk. A public service announcement brought to you by RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Harrison Rhodes, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Metallica and Harrison Rhodes bringing us back from uh, our commercial break. Welcome back to the Stock Car Show. Tom Baker, Cisco Scaramuza, Randy Miller with you on a Monday, and it is Chili Bowl week, and we are really excited about the Chili Bowl. Uh, we talked some NASCAR earlier in the show, and I want to switch gears for a minute or two because we've had some uh, development locally here. This show focuses uh, a lot of its attention on the regional series and specifically late models and modifieds whenever we can. And we've had some developments here and we're getting ready, obviously, for our local season to start. So I want to just hit a couple of topics and Cisco, I'm going to bring you in on this because uh, you were a part of the Cars Tour uh, broadcast team last year and obviously will be again this year, um, Pit Road TV. Um, the, the Cars Tour is in a little different place this year because the past tour, past South Tour is gone. Um, we had a different sanctioning body, which is basically run by the Hackett family that owns Caraway Speedway and owns the North-South Shootout. They picked it up um, and are running it as a touring series similar to what, what Pass did, but the, the Pass South Tour as we know it is gone. Um, so now the Cars Tour becomes the only uh, or remaining super late model tour of the, the two powers there. Like I said, even though there is still going to be a super late model tour, I don't know how big it's going to be with the other organization running it. Um, what can we look forward to from the Cars Tour for this year? What's new? What's different? When do you start? What's happening with the Cars Tour? Well, I mean, certainly, I think the biggest uh, the biggest news is the race that will be uh, taking uh, taking place at uh, OCS this year. The uh, the big money race yes. that Cars Tour is putting together, Tom, and uh, we're definitely looking forward to that. That's going to be a lot of fun. But I think the biggest thing to go back to your point, you're talking about the SLMs, because I want to talk a little bit more about that. 
because it is an interesting scenario because Cars is in a position where they weren't necessarily going to bank on the SLM. They were actually working more towards growing their late model stock and making right. that more of a premier division because of all of the competition between Pass and between SSS and all of that going on. That was a position to where, at least from what I saw from the series, and while I do know a little bit of the back end, obviously I'm not really involved in much of right. that. I'm more of the media side. I saw the cars positioning more towards focusing on the late model stocks and trying to grow that and kind of letting the SLM guys, you know, be able to run what they want to run. Right. But now with Pass South not being necessarily in the position they were, everybody over at Cars Tour is now going, okay, well, um, now what do we do? Because <laughs> now we're in a position to where they'll probably move some stuff around and maybe go ahead and take that initiative and start pumping up the SLMs again. I mean, certainly some of the series that we'll be seeing or some of the races that we'll be seeing the SLM guys taking part at, you know, for example, the North-South SLM Challenge in Nashville, one of those combo races, once again, the short yep. track U.S. Nationals, again at Bristol, two of those exclusive, you know, SLM primarily based races. Those guys are going to be, you know, Carstore once again teaming up with the different series to put right. all those yep. events on, as well as races like All American and uh, and uh, the the Martinsville race, which I'm blanking on, and I always forget the title well, of. But the, you're talking the, about the NASCAR late model race in Martinsville, yes, yeah, yes. Valley Star but, Credit Union 300. Yes, thank you, but um. You know, those SLM races, you know, Cars Tour has been very much like supporting their drivers going there and running those yeah. because they know they can bring those fans back to the Cars Tour if they're regulars. I mean, look at Lee Polium and some of the guys going out, Bobby McCarty, those drivers who maybe grab an SLM ride or race the SLMs in Cars yeah. Tour and then come back and, you know, run those events as well. So it is a very interesting situation going on with that, Tom. And it's something I'm definitely looking forward to see how that changes as the year goes on. But certainly, as we mentioned, not only the big money race going on at OCS, also we're going to Dominion for the road course, which I'm freaking out not only because that's going to be a logistical nightmare for my job because it's a road course, and that means it's a road course, it's going to be kind of difficult to shoot, but also just everything going on with that, um, certainly. And then I think the last event, at least for me, which is going to be a little bit more of a, uh, of a, a little bit of a sad race, but going back to Carteret County this year, and uh, being able to to go and race there after yeah. after the owner passed away over the past season, and just the impact that he had on the Cars Tour after they went to that racetrack and found the crowd, and the crowd just loved the Cars Tour yep. going there, and it's it's a bit of an emotional return for the Cars Tour to go back there. Well, you put a, a lot into that little <laughs> little rant there. I try, <laughs> you, you know the so we can break it down a little bit. Um, I don't think cars ought to be trying to focus on both late models and SLMs. I think the best thing the Cars Tour could do would be to, to, to become the king of the NASCAR late model tours. I think that's, to me, I feel like that's the, the part of the Cars Tour that's always worked the best. The super late model guys are a different breed of guys. They want to run around the country. They want to go do their thing. You know, it's it, they're a very aggressive bunch, as we know. Lots of crashing and banging. Not always great racing. We do have the replacement 
series for for Pass in Town. I would love to see cars focus more on the late model series and not see this as an opportunity to jump back into trying to be this this dual thing that they they were when they they started this concept. As to the big money races, I'm as awesome. Looking forward to seeing how that goes. The race at Dominion for me on the road course, I I don't know how many have seen that road course. It scares me to death. Um, it's not a road course that to me is designed properly at all. Um, it was not designed well when they built it. It worries me what could come out of that race. Um, I'm not sure it's going to be a very good race, number one. And, you know, I have some questions about certain parts of that course, and even the safety level of it so that to me it is a non-points race it will not affect the championship this is also a little bit of a test i think that car is like okay will this actually work and that's why it's a non-point race i just think i think you if they wanted to go on a road course there were probably better options than than dominions but now the oval track to me is i love that track i love dominions oval track i love the facility the road course just worries me a little bit. There's a reason why none of the road course sanctioning bodies will put races on there. Um, and that's kind of, you know, what I look at when when I evaluate this. But I think the Cars Tour has a chance to have a really big year this year. And, you know, if they, if, if they can keep their focus narrow and they don't try to be too much to too many people, I think uh, this could be a very exciting year for them. One of the drivers that's going to be new to the Cars Tour in the Junior Motorsports team car this year, replacing Sam Mayer, who's moved on to GMS, is Adam Lemke. Um, Adam is a California driver who's coming over to run for Junior Motorsports this year, is going to run the Cars Tour. And I can tell you that, that Adam is a young man full of big talent. Um, he can drive a race car. That's going to be a name that I think you're going to hear a lot about it. it may take them a little while to adjust to the level of competition and the differences in the cars from west to east because they are different but i think adam lemke is going to be a driver who by mid-season if not before you're gonna you're gonna start seeing run really really well and he's a he's a really fun kid too i think uh he's gonna be a big asset to the cars tour which is already on the late model side chock full of talented racers who run it every week and then you get you know your drop-ins that come in once in a while and play um i just think the series has a chance to have a really exciting year this year on the late model side of things cisco and i think the other big storyline that came out um kind of at the beginning of the year was the fact that ty gibbs is going to be going over and running with barry nelson's team for seven races this year in late yeah. model stocks, moving over from Marlow Motorsports and kind of a more in-house program. They're going to what is basically the team you want to be on in the car's late model stock uh, division right now, unless you're, of course, you're, you know, Lee Pulliam and well, yeah, Tiger and all that sort of stuff. But, but yeah, I mean, those are kind of the two, three big teams or so that's like, okay, these are the guys we want to run with. And keep in mind, Ty finished seventh in LMSC points last year. Yeah he's going to be a threat in that Nelson car. Well, of course he will. Um, that's a Toyota is really getting more involved here. And Ty is going to, 
uh, he's running a partial ARCA schedule, too, with JGR in conjunction with Riley Which Hurst. is why he's so, only doing seven right. cars to a race. Yep. So it's going to be interesting. We'll talk a little bit more about the late models because we've had another big change in the race status for this coming year. Moving from one track to another, we're going to tell you about it around the turn you're listening to the Stock Car Show presented by HMS Motorsport, My Computer Career, and we will be right back. When do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. Here at Lewis Meineke, we're more than just your average car care center. Hey, it's Dave, your neighbor from Lewis Meineke. Whether you need an oil change, brakes, tires, or anything under the hood, we've got you covered. Take advantage of our free check engine light service as well. Yes, free. And don't forget about our free shuttle service. Never stress, we'll take care of the rest. On with life. Give us a call at Lewis Meineke, 302-827-2054. Is your job sucking the life out of you? Wake up. You can do something else. Information technology. I know what you're thinking, but I'm not a math and science person. No problem and no excuses. Because it's not rocket science. It's my computer career. Go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation today. You can start your new life as an IT pro in as little as four months. Mycomputercareer.edu. That's mycomputercareer.edu. Do you love the sound of high revving motors and the smell of burning rubber? Do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control? If you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills, Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier motorsports facility, has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skill levels new to intermediate to get sideways and smoking. With a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively, Summit Point Motorsports Park's Drift Nirvana is just the thing for you. Call for your reservation today, 304-725-8444. Or for more information, go online, summitpoint-raceway.com, or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com. Drift Nirvana, getting you sideways the right way. If you own a gun, you have a full-time responsibility. When you aren't using it, be sure it can't get into the hands of curious children, troubled teenagers, a thief, or anyone else who might misuse it. Your family, friends, and neighbors are all counting on you. Remember, always lock it up. For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Matt Tift, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Welcome back to the Stock Car Show as we head into, I think, a lightning round segment here. Wow, mm-hmm. I can't yes, believe that we've uh, gotten through almost two hours of motorsports radio already. Tom Baker with Cisco Scaramuza and Randy Miller. Jacob Seelman usually in the chair next to me over here. Uh, and he He's is actually, um, 
He's chilly this week out in Tulsa doing the Chili Bowl. So are we. Yes, and so are we here in Charlotte, actually. Yes. For reasons. Uh, but we're watching the Chili Bowl from uh, a slightly warmer uh, confine inside of our uh, studios here. So, anyway, um, back with the lightning round, and we've hit on a lot of topics tonight. I want to hit one more piece of late model news before we, we, we go around the table here and start having some fun with some lightning round questions. The... Uh, the North-South Shootout, which has traditionally been held at Concord Motor Speedway here in Concord, North Carolina, on the big half-mile dogleg track, it got moved to Caraway Speedway temporarily for a couple of years in the mid to 09, 10, 11, somewhere in there. Uh, but back to Concord it went. It's moving again because Concord Speedway is now in the hands of a realtor, and uh, they're trying to sell the place. So... Uh, they didn't want to schedule the North-South shootout at Concord this year because, of course, you got to schedule that thing months in advance. They don't know what the status of the track's going to be. So where did we put it? Not back at Caraway. We put it at Hickory Motor Speedway. And Tom couldn't be happier. Number one, modifieds at Hickory, for me, is an automatic must-see, can't-miss because it, they put on a great show at Hickory when they go there. Um, but this basically moves the event, Cisco. You've been to Hickory. Um, you know the, the history of that place and the prestige of that place. It moves the North-South shootout to a track where I think everyone would agree that, number one, because of the track itself, it immediately makes the race a completely different event. Number two, the... Again, the prestige and the lore and, and, and the history of Hickory Motor Speedway to win the North-South Shootout at Hickory is going to be huge for the guy that pulls it off because you're going to be in rare, rare company with guys who have won races of this type at that track. Absolutely. And, you know, just to put in perspective how different these tracks are, you mentioned Concord's like a dogleg. I mean... For, for those of you who maybe aren't from that region, think Phoenix, but like put in put in like a like a vacuum pack and then like <laughs> shrunk up really small. That's yeah. that's a good idea of what Concord's kind of like. You're right. Versus Hickory, which well, uh, I'll just I'll just self plug here. You can go look up Cars Tour on YouTube and go see uh, the recaps uh, for the Cars Tour 2018 right. races for Throwback to kind of get an idea of what that track's like. I'm sure there's concord replays as well but um hickory is just such a such a track built in mystique and history and you know you talk about all the names that have come through that racetrack tom who and everything that that track means to so many people and so many different families no i absolutely agree this is this this almost feels like when they moved the Southern 500 back to the original date after they moved it off of it for a while and moved it back to right. that date to where it's it's just one of those events where it's just all the history, everything that this race means, you're adding that into the North-South shootout right. now. Yep, and, and I think it's just a perfect place for it. Um, it's one of those tracks. It's a small track. Both corners are late apex corners. It's not a super wide track. It's going to, again, it's going to be more of a bullring style race now. It's kind of like if you're a Northeast Dirt Modified fan, this is a lot like when they moved Super Dirt Week 
away from the New York State Fairgrounds on the Moody Mile track, dirt track, and put it at the Oswego Speedway where it's been the last few years, which is a 5 8 mile. It compressed the race to being much more of a short track kind of deal. So now you take away a little bit of the emphasis on horsepower, put it more into the hands of driver skill and being able to get your car to handle. And we've got a completely different North-South shootout that's coming up this year. I'm stoked for that. And I can't wait. Uh, that'll be in November. We'll be talking much more about that as we go uh, into the season a little further. Let's move on to some lightning round questions. And the one I want to open with actually doesn't concern NASCAR. It concerns the IndyCar series. Of course, it won't be too long and uh, we're going to be seeing IndyCars on the track at St. Pete. we got a little over a month. Uh, that'll happen in March. Um, who are you looking at in the IndyCar series this year, Cisco, to be a bit of a pleasant surprise? Who, who do you think is going to kind of come out of left field? And we're going to be talking about at the end of the year going, wow, I can't believe he did that. Okay. Oh, man. Cause there's, one. there's two because there's one I really want. And there's one I think that is actually going to be able to do so. Well, give us both to differentiate. The one that I'd want to come out and really cut, make a show of everything and just steal the show and go out and be amazing is James Hinchcliffe. Okay. For sentimental reasons, obviously, with the Robert Wickens situation, we know how Schmidt-Peterson's just every, anything that can go wrong for them basically has yeah. and it's just it's just such a terrible situation that they've had to go through these last couple seasons with going back even to Hinch's wreck in Indianapolis when he missed the 500, missed the 500 coming 500, back yeah. to that yep. and then having Wickens last year it's just oh my gosh I I I don't know how they've been able to keep things going the way they have and James obviously got the win last year in Iowa so I think this is something to where this team if they can, I, I would love to see them come out and really excel going forward. And as for a team that I think realistically is going to be able to make that jump and make that jump into uh, into top competition, I'm really looking at Andretti. Obviously, we've seen Alex Rossi be that guy. But we talked at the beginning of last year because he and Marco swapped seats. And Marco had a decent year last year. It wasn't yep. amazing. And it's not what I think he's, you know, he's not quite there yet. But I think it's Marco Andretti has a pleasant surprise lined up for us. And, oh, keep an eye on that Graham Rahal guy. I think he's got something for us as well. All right, Randy, have you got some thoughts on this? I I almost agree with Cisco for a lot of it. But I, I think some of the, the major stories that we're going to see this year aren't going to necessarily be from the teams and the drivers, but more so like from the 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 behind the scenes standpoint. Because like Jay Fry just took over, you know, as president of the IndyCar series. So how is he going to yeah. do being the president of the series? NTT now is the national title sponsor of the series. How are they going to do with the title sponsorship of the series? I think a lot of it is more of the behind the scenes part of it more so than what's on the racetrack. Because I, I I feel like you know we we just like we talk about in NASCAR, the same guys they think are going to be kind of the front runners. I mean, Will Power defending his championship, Honda defending their manufacturer's championship. 
Uh, Fernando Alonso is now in a McLaren, which is a Chevrolet. So, I mean, it's going to be a little bit different, but, I mean, the same guys are going to be up front, I think. Well, and, of course, uh, Fernando not running the whole season, just the 500. But, yeah, I I mean, you guys both bring up some great points, and I love where you went with it, Randy. There is a major change behind the scenes with with all the things you mentioned, new sponsor, new kind of uh, head uh, with Jay Fry, though I think Jay's influence has been felt all along Mm -hmm. since he's been over there. Um, you didn't mention the NBC portion of this, which I can't wait for because now that NBC's got the whole series, they're actually investing in, they want to do this with quality and with honor to what IndyCar is and particularly the 500 broadcast. You know, people don't realize that the head of NBC Sports Network is a short track racing guy at heart. That's why you're seeing all this programming. Um, I the biggest thing for me, if, if I'm looking at a driver, I'm very bullish on two. Zach Veach, who I think showed everybody last year what he's capable of. And now that he's had a year under his belt and comes in with experience and more confidence, I think Zach is going to be very strong. But I, I'm looking at Pat Award because um, Pat Award is, is going to be he came out of the box in just a few starts last year and absolutely blew our minds. And Pato has so much talent. And I think if he's, if he's got the, the equipment around him, he's going to be a contender from the word jump at St. Pete. And Pato may just be in the points hunt at the end. That's how much I think of his talent, his ability. I think Pato is going to be very, very strong, provided that the equipment around him is there. Um, and I think definitely he's a driver to watch. Team to watch, I agree with Andretti, but I also think Ray Hall Letterman this year, they've beefed up in some spots. Um, you, you've got a third driver coming in in Jordan King for Indy. Um, you know, Takuma Sato is solid, back with them again. Both teams have elevated a little bit over the winter. Um, I think Ray Hall Letterman has the chance to surprise some people. We're going to be talking with Graham on Race Chaser Radio as we go uh, into the spring here, and we'll probably also have uh, Takuma on as well. Uh, so watch our Thursday show, Motorsports Madness, for that. Um, so we just, you know, that's a, I think IndyCar is going to be very intriguing this year, both on the track and off the track. And even as Cisco brought up and Randy followed up on the, the, the communications part of it, the behind-the-scenes presentation, new sponsor, kind of new life, that series is growing. And I love seeing that. I think they're, they're right now their biggest challenge is strengthening that Mazda road uh, ladder a little bit more because we're still not seeing great car counts, for example, in Indy Lights and trying to get more teams to participate at those levels so that more drivers have an opportunity. And then how do we market that? Uh, If you're a driver, how do you go market those series and get the necessary sponsorship to compete? I think that's the next uh, challenge for IndyCar. Okay. Next uh, question here. I'm going to go back to NASCAR and simply ask this question. We just finished an ARCA test. Is there anybody who came out of the ARCA test that you would look at and say, okay, that driver is really got, they've really got some talent to go uh, kick some butt in NASCAR in the next year or two. Out of all the drivers you saw in the ARCA test, and, of course, some are Mark veterans, so we probably wouldn't go with But who basically opened your eyes the most? Cisco. 
Oh, geez. Uh, please, Michael Self. Please, Michael Self. I want I, I want a Sinclair car in <laughs> We're all Michael Self please. fans. Yeah. Please. Yeah. I want that so badly. Well, Michael would like it, too. Um, <laughs> you know, I think we all agree Michael's talented enough. It's just whether or not he gets the funding. Um, but he's certainly one of those Arkham veterans I mentioned um, and, and has the chance. If he can run a full season, he's certainly a championship contender for sure. Um, Randy, you got a thought? Yeah, I mean, you know, again, we keep going back to, you know, the, the regular drivers, the guys that have been in yeah. ARCA or have ran ARCA before are probably going to be the guys that are probably going to be the fastest. But, I mean, you got guys like Gus Dean who is, you know, I guess an ARCA one veteran. Races. But, I mean, yeah. he's, he's, he's going to be, you know, moving on to bigger and better things this year. But, you know, tracks. I mean, yep. those guys, I, I feel like when it comes to Daytona, you, you, almost, you have to have that that – equal balance of experience and guts and right. you know whatever in order to be fast so i mean testing obviously doesn't mean anything because when these guys come back in a month it's probably going to be a whole lot different ball game but um. well i don't know see i don't i don't, I don't necessarily agree that testing doesn't mean anything i think testing means something to daytona itself and i think to some of the drivers and i and i look past the veterans that the, there was one driver that really stood out for me throughout the testing process and we talked to her a couple of Thursday, a couple of Mondays ago, um, end of last year, she was with us at HMS Motorsport. Natalie Decker had some speed. Venturini Motorsports is poised now to become the king of that series uh, again because you, you lost MDM. So yeah. uh, now it's Venturini's got a couple of full-time drivers. You got Natalie Decker who, and again, she needs more experience on the mile and a half, but I think Natalie showed that she can hang with the boys. I think Natalie's for real. We're, it's going to be interesting to watch. She really impressed me. Uh, it, it doesn't matter where you are in relation to the top of the charts in each practice because people try different things and whatever. But Natalie was certainly in, in the hunt. I was really a little bit surprised at that, to be honest, with the depth of talent that we had um, in that ARCA field. Also, Go I ahead. got one more thing that was interesting to me, Tom, out of that ARCA test. Sure. First day, the top of the board was Leilani Munter. Yep. She got that lap at the front of the pack. She didn't yes. draft and do the usual right. layback at the giant run to pass everybody and put down the monster lap. She did that leading the pack. That was that was that stood out to me. It's like interesting. Okay, because I know they tweaked a, a thing here and there in the package for this year. Just a little, just a little asterisk at the bottom saying, okay. I'm keeping an eye on that car. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be – no doubt this is going to be an interesting Daytona race. But I think out of all the drivers I saw, Thad Moffitt was one and Natalie was the other that, that really impressed me. And I think Natalie is definitely uh, going to, to impress a lot of people before this year is out. And with that, we actually have to close this show. Hard to believe we've gotten through two hours already. Feels like it went by in a blur. So thanks to all the folks at Performance Motorsports Network and, of course, uh, the sponsors of this show, HMS Motorsport, the leaders in Motorsport safety. You can find them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com and my computer career training for a better life, mycomputercareer.edu, free career evaluation for 
Jake, uh, for Jacob Seelman, who is not here tonight but was a part of the interviews earlier, for Cisco Scaramuza and Randy Miller behind the glass, my name is Tom Baker. Thanks for being a part of our Race Chaser Radio broadcast this evening. We look forward to seeing you right back on Thursday night for a big Motorsports Madness show. A couple of very special guests for that show lined up. Look forward to talking to you then. Until then, thank you, God bless, and have a great week. You've been listening to the Stock Car Show on the Performance Motorsports Network. Stay tuned to Performance Motorsports Network for more race talk. For the latest motorsports news, visit racechaseronline.com. The Stock Car Show is a copyrighted production of the Performance Motorsports Network. www.performancemotorsportsnetwork.com. A member of the Scorpion Radio Group Incorporated. And may not be rebroadcast, replicated, or saved in any media without the explicit written permission of PMN. Check out our Facebook page or our section on the PMN website. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the host, co-host, and guests, and do not necessarily reflect those of the management and ownership of either the Performance Motorsports Network or Scorpion Radio Group Incorporated, the advertisers, or the marketing partners. Be listening again next week when the Stock Car Show returns on Thursday night at 7 Eastern. Until then, stay tuned for more great motorsports programming on the Performance Motorsports Network. 